The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the Hi and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast. This is a weekly show dedicated to all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining me as co-host, as always, is the demigod genius tipper, Fishing Rico 4. How are you, buddy? Very good, mate. Very good. I'm glad you've uh, got that title right. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's it. And for the first time on the podcast, we are speaking with Raman. How yeah. are you, mate? I'm fantastic. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, it's, uh, like, I, like I said, I, I thought I would probably get bumped for Russell Ebert Handball because uh, of the big news today, but... Uh, yeah, he can certainly talk about that thing with more authority than I can, but we might have to leave that for a later date. <laughs> That's it. Now, as we do with all the new uh, newcomers on the podcast, we'll find out a little bit about your port background sure. and how you came to uh, support Port Adelaide. All right, well, um, basically, uh, don't really have much of an immediate family football background. My parents are both kind of of the, I guess you'd say the hippie-ish persuasion, so not much into sport or anything like that. Sure. Um, yeah, I can remember from a pretty young age... Uh, probably originally uh, calling myself a Glenelg supporter. I know you'll like that. Oh, dear God. Um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty <laughs> terrible, isn't it? You should give me points for admitting it, though. Um, it was literally because I was at, at that age where Tiger was the coolest animal. That was that was it, you know. And uh, to this day, I believe that both Glenelg and Richmond probably have a fair percentage of their fan base on, on that basis. Um, my uncle was probably my biggest football influence. He was a Port supporter, um, was and is, I should say. Uh, and I, I grew up in the country, I should say. I've uh, basically only ever got to go to footy matches when I'd come down to Adelaide on school holidays and stuff. Um, because I was a Glenelg supporter, or called myself one, um, my uncle would try to take me to Glenelg versus Port games. And, of course, Port absolutely always won those games. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember. I can't remember exactly what the tipping point was. I remember that by the time we got to the mid-90s, when... Uh, we had uh, that. Uh, remember that TV special where the where the branding and the colours and everything were were introduced for yep. the first time. Um, yep, sure do. It was a very very cheesy event, but I remember I was pretty much on board by that time. Um, and yeah, it just kind of felt right, you know, that uh, you know this was the real thing. It wasn't some uh, made up franchise entering the big league. It was actually a club who who, who had earned it, you know. Um, so if that was if that was the tipping point, then I was absolutely locked in by the time the '96 uh, prelim and grand finals happened. I attended both of those games, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it about as you know. If you wanted to sum up Port Adelaide in, in two weeks, uh, that would be it for me. Um, so yeah, uh, by that time, um, completely and utterly uh, devoted. Awesome. And what was your first game that you can remember attending? Uh, like I said, it would have been uh, Port, Port Glenelg. Um, I yep. wouldn't remember anything about it except that uh, Port literally always won. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, as for since the AFL, it was actually um, I think it was uh, against Brisbane in round. I missed, I missed the showdown. It might have been the week after the showdown, wasn't it? Yeah, yep. in ninety seven. Yeah, yeah, round four or five. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that was certainly the the earliest one I attended for the power. Sure, and favourite game. Uh, I was thinking about this actually. Uh, everybody seems to say uh, either round twenty two, uh, two thousand and two, uh, Brisbane game. Yep. Of course, there have been a few votes for the uh, the Essendon game in two thousand and one recently. Yep. Um, yeah, I was at both of those, and yeah, both completely amazing. Obviously, the um, 
96 prelim for the Maggies uh, is right up there as well. Um, but I have to, yeah, I have to admit I've got a bit of a bias for what's on my mind more recently. Um, I went over for the uh, the Collingwood final last year. Yep. Um, I've been and probably seen us seven or eight times in Melbourne, and that was the first time I'd actually seen us win. And the fact that it could be in a final land against Collingwood, and the fact that we got to ruin their party like they ruined ours in 2002. Um, <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah, it, yeah, you don't get much more satisfying than that. That's it. And favourite player? Um, pretty easy. Back in the uh, earlier days, it would have been Wanganeen. Um I yep. always loved him just playing at Essendon. Um, I can remember, yeah, uh, just going absolutely mental uh, when he won the Brownlow medal so even I would have only been 12 or 13 years old when that happened so um, yeah just uh, the fact that he was coming back to port as well uh, you know you can't you can't beat that um, contemporary uh, I'm a huge fanboy of volley wines I mean what more can you say about that guy as a as both a player and as a as a young man I guess and yep. he's in my view just unquestionably a future captain of this club so That's yeah it. awesome well it's finally here the game the state has been waiting for for about two years. It's the first official match at Adelaide Oval as the home of AFL in South Australia. Of course, we're talking about the showdown, which is going to be played on Saturday afternoon at around about 4.15pm. Um, might as well go straight into the preview now. Uh, Port leads the head-to-head count 19 wins to 16. And, of course, the last time we met, this happened. Now it's one-on-one inside the forward 50. Angus, after his man slipped over, takes Talia on again. Ben Burlow closing. Monfries has kicked the goal. Unbelievable. That makes up for Robbie Gray in the first quarter. Haven't seen anything like that. It's gone at right angles. Right angles, Tim. Now the question is, is this the biggest showdown ever? Is this bigger than the showdown final? I don't know that the Crows would see it that way, uh, considering what happened in the showdown final. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's certainly, um, in on-field terms, I, I, I don't suppose it, uh, it matters as much as a final. It, possibly, it can't possibly. Either, either team can lose this game and, and their seasons can recover. But uh, it has a great deal of, obviously, off-field symbolism uh, tied to it. Yep. And I think that's what both fan bases are certainly concentrating on more at the moment. I think the build-up after sort of uh, Port getting the, the rights to the home game and Guernsey Gate, I think uh, the build-up has been bigger than any game mm. in South Australia that I can recall, for sure. It's a, um, I reckon it's a massive event. I'm, I was trying to think earlier. I mean, I, I think in terms of um, interest, I, I'd put it back to 91 when we uh, came in uh, to the competition. Uh, sorry, when we tried to come into the competition. And, um, you know, the... the f- the fever of uh, activity in South Australia football, uh, for whatever reason, right or wrong, was amazing back then. And I'd almost liken it to um, the 90... I reckon it was the 93 State of Origin um, okay. at Amy, uh, you know, where we... You know, it was a massive game, that game, yep. if I remember right. That was a, and I think that was one we won by six points, isn't it? Gordon, Tony Hall pocket. Yeah, a couple of goals. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that... That's when you know, and that's where the, when when, the, when I'm talking about a whole state collectively talking about you know football 
uh, rightly or wrongly, they're, they're magic events. I mean, outside of, you know, when you're talking grand finals where the Crows played or Port played, you know, it's more one team's passion than the other. They're sort of events that I think of where where we're talking about something that's really significant in our football history is actually um, occurring. And, uh, look, I'm excited. I, I think it was great, the decision to move to Adelaide Oval. And, uh, you know, nothing's changed that. And I think what we've seen with both clubs in relation to interest and, and what it's brought back to football, um, it's fantastic. And hopefully this will carry forward uh, momentum for both clubs for many years. Absolutely. Mm. Now, team selection... We'll have a quick chat about this. The Crows have brought in uh, Brent Riley and uh, and Douglas for Martin and Lyon, so a couple of big ins there for them. Um, we've brought in uh, Bobby back for Tommy Cleary, who goes back to the SANFL, I would think. Um, what do you think of that? A bit of stability there for Port this week. Yeah, I think uh, that was probably the safest bet that that's what was going to happen. Um, yeah, for this kind of game, uh, as... Uh, you really want your uh, your experienced uh, guys back in. Clearing's probably a bit unlucky, but um, yeah, I'm a bit more comfortable having uh, an experienced uh, and uh, big big body back there, um, especially given that they have Podsy Adley now. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I think I think Clearing's definitely unlucky. I don't think he's done anything wrong, but no. at the same time, such a huge game with a lot of pressure on the line. Um, I think, you know, for a, for a second game player, that's a massive responsibility when we've got the luxury of a fit, experienced fullback coming mm. back into the side. Yeah, yeah, it's just a logical decision, really. Um, now, did anyone watch the Adelaide game against Geelong? And if so, what did you think? Um, okay, I watched about half of it, I think. Um, yeah, it was kind of like the non pressure version of the Port and Carlton game in some ways that uh, it, it ebbed and flowed, but. Not because of uh, pressure around the ball, more because of, I guess, uh, yeah, just running forward of the ball, I guess, rather than you know stoppages and, and things like that. But yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, I was kind of gratified to see a few uh, crow supporters around Big Footy under the impression that that was a pressure game. I hope, uh, I hope uh, their players and, and coaching staff believe the same thing. I mean, we'll talk a little bit about how the Crows have played so far this pre-season. I think they, they like to crowd the half-back line and they run in packs up the field. Um, they try and create lots of overlap and lots of quick handball. They've got a very handball-happy uh, game style. Mm. Um, they had more handballs than kicks on the weekend, which was uh, a little bit bizarre. Um, they also play a very open forward line, so it's almost a, a Pagan's Paddock style with Eddie Betts uh, running onto the play. Um, lots of lots of space for him to try and weave his magic. Um, they got smashed in the tackles and contested possession, um, so they do try and play that sort of uncontested style of footy. Um, and I thought they had plenty of uh, plenty of poor turnovers. Their school level wasn't all that great, um, and it really did leave them wide open on the rebound. I thought as well. Yeah, that was one thing I noticed too, Macca, was the, um, the the poor skills, the low handballs at the feet, and uh, I've noticed it in round one through all the games that I've been able to see, you just can't afford in this game to, to have such poor disposal. And, and even even a low handball at the ankles just creates so much time for the opposition to crowd and create pressure. Um, yeah. You know, you just can't get away with it. And, and they seem to do that uh, quite often. And I think that was perceived pressure from the game because, like you said, there, there probably wasn't that pressure that people are talking about. And, yeah. uh, 
It's yeah, it'll be interesting. And I, I think that's a reason that we're going to probably do quite well because if they're going to come in and try and play that game again, when we're playing a, a really high tempo, um, uh, pressure packed, contested game, I just can't see if they're going to play that style. How they're going to uh, get the ball to win unless they're relying on us turning over the ball. The game against Geelong was basically the Crow saying, right, we're going to play our offensive game and do what we can do to win it. And Geelong saying, all right, well, you do that. Mm. We'll play our offensive game and we'll do what we can do to win it because we know we're going to win it. <laughs> you got to hand it to them. It's quite a ballsy <laughs> thing to do it. <laughs> That's it. Um, now, key players. Obviously, uh, there's a few key players for Adelaide that we really need to, uh, to watch out for. Um, and as you said, it, it really does depend on when we choose to go missing, um, if we have a choice, I guess. <laughs> um, Paddy Dangerfield, obviously he's the, the number one guy we've got to look out for. He's, he's killed us a couple of times in the past. Obviously he's ridiculously quick, um, can kick goals from all angles. We all know about his, uh, his poor foot skills uh, in open play. Um, who do we see running with him this week? Well, he oh. tracked at 52 point. Four percent disposal efficiency last week, so mm. he uh, he tore out the game, didn't he? But uh, well, if we're keeping Dom, Dom's going to be probably too slow for him, isn't he? And, yes. And last year, who did we run with him? Andrew Moore. I think it was Moore, yeah, especially in the second. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I think Kane Corns will probably be a little bit too slow in the leg speed for him as well. And to be honest, you know what? I probably wouldn't run anyone with him. Yeah. Um, you know, defensive line of centre, let him go his hardest because let him kick it on the run at full speed and he's probably going to spray it somewhere. And I'd probably just run maybe Dom Cassisi or maybe a Tom Jonas uh, once he enters the uh, the 50-metre arc and just try and pick him up there so he can't get his uh, shots on goal. But uh, let him, if he's going to keep up that sort of disposal efficiency, um, uh, let him uh, let him run free up the ground. Yeah. I think you kind of have to forget about... Uh, uh trying to think of someone who can match him for pace because nobody can. Um, no, so you have it. you have to look at what other areas you can you can capitalise on. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of... It's, it's a little bit creative and a little bit risky, but I'm kind of uh, liking the idea of Jonas going with him for a lot of the time. Um, yep. And, yeah, really, uh, I guess, softening out him up, uh, not to put too fine a point on it. Um, and, yeah, just wanting to yeah, see whether just around the packs and in tight where he can't quite get away with that speed, whether Jonas can uh, manage to keep all over him. Yeah. Well, I mean, Cam Guthrie's not exactly the quickest player in the in the world, and he did a fantastic job on him last week to, to crowd his space and not give him an inch. Um, I think uh, Dangerfield had uh, 17 contested possessions and only four uncontested possessions, so it shows just how little space he, he had to work with. Um, I think that had a lot to do with sort of the defensive setups from Geelong's midfield at those stoppages as well. Um, it allowed uh, Guthrie to sort of back off him a, a tiny bit and run at him because um, he knew that there was another sort of Geelong player right there, right next to him as well. I think the Jonas-Dangerfield uh, matchup uh, gives us an advantage to the game at game style we like to play anyway, where we like to have that spare player in defence because it would allow us um, to let uh, Paddy go up around the centre line and Tom just hang back and give us that spare player, so to speak. Mm. Mm. I'm pretty happy if uh, Jonas does go to Dangerfield, especially in open play. Um, who do we think Matthew White might go to? Because obviously we, we know we've picked him up so that he can run with these quicker players. Um, if he doesn't go to Dangerfield, who do we see him going to? 
I'd probably look at him, look at running him on uh, Brody Smith. He's probably one of their yep. faster players, and uh, Matt White should have the uh, the maturity to uh, and experience over the top of Brody to uh, uh, at least be match up evenly with him. So I think that would be a fair match up for Matt White. Does Smith generally play off a wing or off halfback? Halfback flank, sort of pushing up towards a wing. Yeah, mm. I guess. Uh, on, on the on the turnover, if you have if you have Matt White hanging around in that area, he showed last week that um, you know uh, watching the game, I wasn't particularly impressed with his game, but looking at the looking at the goal highlights, just how many score involvements he actually had. Um, yep. So it is nice if he can be playing a defensive role and also be thereabouts around the half forward line. Uh, uh, that that seems to work. Yep, you're a tough man, mate. I thought he <laughs> uh, I thought it was his best game. Um, for the pre-season and yeah, season so far, no, last I, week. I, I think it was probably just on my on my first viewing. Uh, I just uh, I overlooked just how good he was, and probably didn't notice until I watched the highlights package and watched the game again again since. Mm. I'm also interested in in how we go about the midfield matchups. Uh, do you think we'll try and go head to head against them um, and do what sort of Geelong did last week and say, well, if you play your game, we'll just play our game and, and do it better? Mm. Or do you think we'll try and shut down a couple of other players like a, a Croucher or a Sloaner or a Thompson? I, I think uh, I'd, I'd prefer to leave the hard shutdowns on, on Dangerfield alone, personally. I think head-to-head we can we can match it with them in the midfield. Um, yeah. Even with, obviously, Douglas is a is a huge in. Um, Sloan plays, plays well against us, but I'm not sure, you know, Robbie Sloan is, for good reasons, every Port supporter's favourite Crows player. But um, I'm not sure that he uh, really has that uh, tear-apart effect on the game. Uh, he'll get a lot of it. He'll do good stuff. But, um, you know, probably giving a hostage a fortune here and he'll probably tear us to pieces. But, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think uh, if we can make sure, yeah, obviously there's someone running with him, but I don't think there needs to be a hard tag on us. Yeah. Oh, well, I'd, uh, I'd probably disagree there. I'd, I probably would hard tag Rory Sloan. I think he's more important and influential to the Crows than, uh, than Dangerfield, really. Um, and I, I'd actually run Kane on a high, hard tag on Rory. Um, that's just my opinion, though. Sure. I'd probably put Kane on him and, and tell him to play close at the stoppages and then try and run off him. That's what yeah, I'd do. exactly. <laughs> Only because, I mean, it's such an important position for them in the centre. And, uh, you know, I mean, Dangerfield's great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to bag out on him. He's a good player. But um, I just think Rory Sloan has uh, a little bit more importance to their side in trying to extract the ball out and get it out to the runners. And, uh, you know, if we can really cut that down as as much as we can possibly, uh, I think that's going to go a long way. And then that allows us, uh, with our advantage, with um, uh, Ollie Wines and our clearance players... Uh, Jared Pollock uh, and Travis Boak to, to try and extract it and get the ball out and, and get on top in the centre clearances. Well, I think uh, another big battle is going to be the battle of the Ruckman, uh, Lobie versus Jacobs. Obviously, two years ago, Jacobs tore Lobie a new one. I think last year in the second showdown, Lobie helped to sort of tear Jacobs a new one. Mm. How do we see that one panning out? It depends which Lobie shows up, doesn't it? Yeah, very good point. Yeah, um, I think like it's 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 really interesting what happened. Like at some point, about halfway through last year, he just something just suddenly clicked in his mind, and he realised how good a ruckman he actually was. And uh, I guess perhaps you know realised just how intense he had to play at at a at a certain level um, in order to go from being that serviceable ruckman to 
one who was like in the top six or eight in the competition. Um, and just so far this year, he doesn't seem to have clicked back into that mindset just yet. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a worry for us, Maka. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if Lobie uh, comes out like he did, especially at the start last week, um, you know, Jacobs is just going to slaughter him. Uh, yeah. It was quite ineffectual in the in the centre square and his around the uh, groundwork uh, wasn't that great either. And, um, yeah, to be honest, we really need him. I mean, we're, and I'm sure it's going to come up shortly about the slow starts anyway, but we really need him to step up early. And, and you're right, mate, what you said just before. I mean, in the second half of the season, he just sort of came into his own mm. and his, uh, his field play was influential. Um, and he just seems to be tracking like he did last year, very slow start to the first half of the season. And then he came, hopefully uh, he can pick it up a lot earlier than what he did last year. Mm. Yeah. I think that's where this game sits, to be honest. Uh, the Battle of the Ruckman. Um, if Loby can come to play, then we are in a really good position. Uh, because, as you said, we can't really afford to have another slow start. And we might as well talk about them, because it, it really is a big danger if we do have a slow start against the Crows. I mean, they've got a, a number of players that can kick a lot of goals pretty early on mm. um, and really put the pressure on us if we don't come to play um, from the first minute of the first quarter. Yeah, and we're—I mean—we're seeing tonight that uh, Carlton aren't all that good. Um, so <laughs> if we're if we're asleep uh, if we're asleep for the same sort of period of time as we were against Carlton, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree that the Crows will uh, punish us a lot more than Carlton did. Um, so yeah, it's uh, we're all going to be on tenter hooks about that start. Aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I guess another thing to talk about is is just the event of the game itself um, and how that's going to affect both teams. Um, as we sort of touched on before in, in regards to is, is this the biggest showdown ever, I think uh, it is going to be a pretty frantic start. It's going to go... Mm. I think they're going to go hell for leather from the first bounce. I think there's going to be a lot of big hits. I wouldn't be surprised at all if someone goes off on a stretcher, to be honest. Yeah, I was thinking about that today, actually. And, um, I mean, the Crows know... Jared Waitley said it the other night, well, maybe the night before, that they, they probably have the most to lose of any team this round. Um, yeah because of the symbolic importance of this game. Um, they know they're going in undermanned. I think they probably know that we're a little bit more talented on most lines. Um, so they're going to have to do something a bit out of the ordinary. And, um, yeah, maybe that will maybe that will include a bit of a bit of Biffo in the middle uh, at the beginning. Um, I was thinking that the obvious target uh, for them would probably be Pollock. Yes, Absolutely. For a couple of reasons, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised at all if he does get uh, a bit of extra attention. Mm. Can I just say, I, I really hope that they go out there with that strategy because we all know our our first quarters are our mm. Achilles heel at the moment. And if they come out there and, and try to take someone out or just play a very rough and physical game, all that's really going to do is probably slow down the game and yeah. allow our players to mentally focus and get into the game a lot faster instead of playing the ball. So, I mean, I, I think it would be great if they went out with that strategy and uh, as long as they don't wipe someone out permanently, mm. <laughs> um, you know, go your hardest. I mean, well, who do you guys think would be, if you think there might be a stretcher moment, which team's going to suffer the stretcher moment? Port or Adelaide? My yeah, my my gut feeling is that they have a little bit more motivation to be nasty towards us than we do uh, towards them, uh, because they are, they are going in as underdogs and yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree. I if someone goes off on a stretcher, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it is a poor player. 
simply because I think they'll they'll be trying to boss us early um, and trying to really put us under a lot of physical pressure. Um, and we all know that Sean McKinnon likes to throw his elbows around a bit. So. <laughs> well, we've only got we've only got really the probably the one major enforcer in our side. I'd imagine that could probably do some damage. That'd be Tom Tom Jonas, really, wouldn't it? Yeah, he'll have his hands full. Yeah, I just I don't I couldn't see any other of the players in our side. Maybe Jackson, he can get a bit narky, can't he? Um, I can see Ollie Wines laying a massive bump, but. You know, not sort of like a deliberate, I'm going to knock the living crap out of you sort of thing. But Yeah, he just kind of does it naturally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess my feeling is that, yeah, when um, when one team goes goes into a into a matchup with a bit more momentum and uh, feeling more confident, um, oftentimes the other team will try to do something just a bit out of the ordinary early on, whether it be tactical or physical. Um, so that's my feeling as to why it could happen. But I agree with Rick, it would... Uh, uh, probably be to their detriment uh, because their best uh, chance in this game is to hope like hell that we have our patented slow start and be able to uh, do enough damage to us uh, that we can't claw it back. Yeah, you know it's actually. No, oh, sorry, Mac, keep going. No, you go, mate. You go. I was just going to say it's actually a very good point that we're talking about here, and I actually wouldn't mind if you know if they kick the first two goals, maybe we should look at maybe enacting a little bit of physicality just to slow the game down and uh, <laughs> and get something happening, if that's the case. The old 1980s style. Ah, yes. <laughs> yeah, but as good as that uh, Byron Pickett bump on uh, on Biglands was, it didn't really have much effect on the game, did it? Just how, um, just how worried are you about this game? I mean, there seems to be a little bit of a, an attitude on our board uh, this week of that it's almost a foregone conclusion that we're definitely going to win. I've got to say, I'm really, really nervous about this game, and I think if we, if the players take that attitude in, um, we're not going to be getting the points from this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, but you know, if, if if everything goes as things should go, then we should win, and we should win comfortably. But uh, yeah, uh, like I said, the effects of the game to me are more are more symbolic than season ending. I think we'll I think we'll uh, beat. Uh, north next week regardless of what happens and I think we'll beat Brisbane the week after regardless of what happens so um, yeah in terms of the season it, it, it certainly won't derail us but like, oh, I, like I said uh, yeah uh, the symbolism is uh, is it's all enormous. about the bragging rights really exactly yeah yeah. and uh, it, just it really would be absolutely fantastic to win this one just as we won the first one at Footy Park yeah. but if we do lose I don't think it's going to be the end of the world it's certainly not going to be the end of our season we're still 1-1 Um and plenty of winnable games in the next few weeks after that as well. That's it. I really, really don't want to lose. I think no. it's more, uh, it's it's more important, and there's more pressure for us to win from an admin perspective and an off the ground perspective more yeah. so than on the ground. Yeah. Um, we have built such a momentum with the footy club in the last year, and and made so many inroads against our opposition in the state. Um, from a marketing perspective and a momentum perspective, if we can take the points over uh, Adelaide, it would almost be, um, you know, a, a knockout blow in the in the space of South Australian football in the last two years, and will just give us more momentum. Yeah. It will give us more memberships and those fifty-fifty swinging um, followers. I think will lean towards Port a bit more and. 
that will allow us to get a bit more market share. And not only that, I think it will keep driving that added interest in watching Port play, especially at Adelaide Oval, from neutral supporters uh, for the rest of the year. So I'm actually not very nervous about this game at all from a uh, from a footballing perspective, but from an administration perspective and where we want to be as a club in our marketplace, I think that's where I'm more nervous about the result more than anything. Yeah, that's a good call. I don't know whether it would necessarily be a knockout blow, but certainly a really important turning point because um, we've got to we've got to I guess get what we can while the getting's good. And why, what I mean by that is, while the Crows have the joke of an administration that they currently have, um, that's going to be our best possible <laughs> the best possible time in which we can claw as much of the South Australian market and as much of the momentum uh, as we can possibly get because um, at some point the penny's going to drop with that with that lot um, over there and they're going to do they're going to clean house um, and you know once they do they're going to uh, be able to use their their massive fan base to uh, to I guess climb back pretty quickly. Yeah. So who's going to win it for Port Adelaide? Who are our danger players? Um, do we expect Westhoff to have another big game? Can we guard, you know, follow up his five-goal performance with another one this year, or do we see him um, getting a bit of physical pressure as well? I, I think Wingard will stand up. He uh, he played a little bit of a different game uh, last week um, and didn't obviously influence the scoreboard, but he still had a an influential game. Um, but I, I think, you know, he keeps talking himself up in relation to living the big moments. And there in South Australian football, there's not going to be a bigger moment. So I'm, I'm really, I've got the, even though he's a young fella, I've got the pressure on him to, to really uh, see him step up on Saturday. And uh, I know I expect he will. He hasn't let us down so far. <laughs> I, also, I also think Wingard uh, uh, had a reasonable, you know, or at least serviceable game last week. But I don't think he'll be satisfied with it. And... Uh, I kind of like the idea of Wingard coming into this game uh, having something to prove um, because, yeah, it, it was obviously, you know, like I said, a, a decent game, but uh, by no means as influential as he so often is. Um, I, I feel much the same way about uh, about Bokey actually. Um, he had a, a bit of a dirty, bit of a dirty day uh, against Carlton, um, with you know, particularly around the times I've rewatched it, just uh, some. Uh, uh, disposal errors and just um, basic things. I mean, he was always he was always a trier, but uh, I think he'll be uh, a bit dirty on himself uh, for that performance too. So uh, I'd love to see him come out and uh, continue on his uh, fourth quarter uh, heroics from uh, last year's showdown. Yeah. I'm expecting a big game from Bokey. I'm expecting a big game from Ebert as well. Um, would love to see a huge game from Hamish Hartlett. Um, he killed him last year as well. Mm. Uh, Schultz is one that hasn't really had a big game against the Crows in the past. So he's one that I'd like to see stand up a little bit and and really take the game by the scruff of the neck and kick a couple of goals early and, and finish with a bit of a bag. And Ollie, Ollie Wines is the other one too. I mean, he played fantastic last year and last week and I really want to see him just uh, keep on delivering because he's a great player to watch. Absolutely. Mm. Robbie Gray as well, he's another. Um, and Matty Broadbent, I'm hoping he plays a full game this week and, uh, and provides us with plenty of that run from halfback. Who are you picking for sub? Don't really know, to be honest. It wouldn't surprise me if it is Impey. Um, but it also wouldn't surprise me if we see sort of someone like Dom Cassisi as a, as a sub as well. I'm going to go a bit out on the limb and, and say that it'll be Pitta. Yep. Um, no, I, think, I, I think it's going to be someone from that sort of backline group. Yeah, I don't mind Pittard as a sub from the perspective of 
he coming on the game when it's a bit older with his pace will be very influential compared to having Dom Cassisi sitting on the bench. Bench is probably a nothing sub from from that perspective. Um, yeah, I'd I'd probably say Impey might be um, the the main glaring one that would sticks out to me. I mean, he's just games played, such a big occasion. Mm. You know, but then I could see the argument through a lot of posters who still critic criticise uh, Jasper's decision-making at time. Mm. You know, under that pressure of and the heat of the beginning of the game, do we let let him just uh, get the game subside, then put him in and be a bit more relaxed and hopefully those errors won't occur. So, tough call. That's kind of why I like the idea of, of Pittard as a sub in this game, because I think if he does come on uh, as a sub, all going well, assuming there have been no injuries and uh, people just generally being terrible enough to be subbed off, um, He'll probably move on to a wing rather than uh, into the back line uh, to yeah just provide us a lot of run through the middle, um, which is something that I like to see Peter doing uh, rather than uh, checking someone down back. All right, so what we might do now is go on to what we're going to call the big four. Um, it's four questions we're going to ask at the end of each pod of these preview podcasts um, that will see what determines the result of the game. Uh, the first one is time to stand up. Uh, Rick, I might start with you, mate. Uh, whose time is it to stand up this week? It's the crowd's time to stand up this week, Macca. Yep. Um, you know, we've been flaky as a supporter base over the last five years in relation to our attendances. We've got a sellout game in Adelaide Oval. I would be expecting not one person not to show up on Saturday. And then I would be hoping, and I know that we will because we always do, and we're notorious for it, we make so much noise and we're so intimidating because from last year we know that it scares the Crows players apparently. (laughs) So uh, I'm hoping that us as a crowd and collectively will make so much uh, noise that we'll wheel the boys on in the game to win. Love that call. That's a fantastic call. What about you, Raman? Um, I'm just going to be really boring and predictable and uh, and bring it back to Matthew Loby. Yep. Uh, as far as time to stand up, he's, um, you, know, you can make a, a decent argument that he is our most important player. And um, you know, like as we've already talked about, uh, that's that's a that's a key jewel. And I think Loby firing, uh, you know, is considerably above Jacobs firing. So, uh, but you know, if Jacobs brings his game and Loby doesn't, then that reverses the whole equation. So. Yeah, uh, that's going to be the key thing and the, and the key factor that decides whether we have one of our uh, fade-out beginnings again, I think. That's it. Mine's on a similar tack. Um, I'm going to choose the midfield. It's their time to stand up. As we've said quite a lot this podcast, we can't allow a start like last week and all pre-season, really. We, we can't afford to get smashed at the stoppages like quarter one last week. Loby needs a huge game and all our key midfielders need to stand up and, uh, and make sure that we, we don't start slowly. So, Raman, I might start with you with this one. Who's the danger man? Oh, can I be obvious again? Yes, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I, I think uh, I think they might uh, put Dangerfield forward for a lot of the time um, yep. in this particular game. But I think they tend to do that uh, against us a little bit more than they do against other teams. I may be, may be uh, making that up, but that's just kind of the impression I got from the Crows games that I do watch, um, which kind of tells me that... Uh, uh, when the Crows are really desperate to win something, uh, then they view Dangerfield as a forward, which makes me wonder why they don't view him as a forward more often. Um, but, yeah, obviously he's always a, you know, a, a great leading target as well as a, a midfield um, 
you know, midfield spark plug. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have to make sure that we get people dropping back in front of him and just not letting him uh, make himself presentable. Yep. Good call. Uh, Rick? Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit off-centre with this one. Um, I mean, the obvious one off-centre for me is uh, Eddie Betts, but I don't want to dwell on him. The one I want to really dwell on is probably um, uh, Mitch Grigg. You know, he okay. he did play a good sub game against us yeah. last year, and I think Rowie called him the best sub ever to play AFL football after that one game. Um, you know, but uh, he did play a very good game, and I think if we need to cut out those fringe players again, you know, and if we can cut out if if our middle our six to twelve players uh, stand up and cut out their six to twelve players um, without depth, I think we'll go all the way and so I'll be looking for players like Mitch Grigg to be cut out of the game and if that happens I think we'll win quite well for sure I'm going to choose uh, Brody Smith I love his run I love his carry and his also his creativity coming out of defense he's got a massive kick he uses it well they now look to him um, as their number one sort of mover out of defense with Henderson out of the side we all know that he's got the ability to hoof goals from anywhere um, which makes him incredibly dangerous forward of the play as well I think if we can shut him down and uh, and try and remove his run and his rebound from the game, that's going to go a long way for us winning the game, yeah. to be honest. So basically, we've all selected their centre line. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so cut out their midfield, in a nutshell. That's it. Yeah. Now, the key to us winning is... Rick, I'll start with you with this one. Well, the key to us winning, in my opinion, is going to be composure. And, uh, and hitting that hot spot. I really want us delivering the ball 30 metres out from goals. I, I don't want to be uh, seeing us turning the ball over at the 50 metre line. So if we can have the composure with our strategy and the, strategy and the ball, our inside to the 50 delivery is uh, a bit more efficient than what it was last week against Carlton. Um, that's going to be the key for us winning this week. Yep. Raman? I'm going to like be be pessimistic and assume that we are going to have that, uh, I guess, 30 to 40 minutes total in the game where we just completely fall asleep. Um, so, yeah, the key is how much how much we, we panic and how much uh, they manage to get ahead of us when that does happen, uh, which, you know, I, I'm hoping that it won't, but uh, I think odds are that it will <laughs> based on our recent experience. Um, yep. So, yeah, it's, uh, I think, uh, Rick mentioned composure and um, whether we can make sure we have... Uh, like a, a little heroic defensive effort like uh, Westhoff had in that first quarter against Carlton, um, dropping back and, and probably preventing them from kicking three more goals, which which could have ended up being the difference. Um, so, yeah, we if we do have that fade out, we need uh, people uh, standing up uh, when no one else is, like uh, Westhoff and Dolan Wines did in the first quarter last week. Yep. Good call. Uh, my key to winning is a strong defensive pressure in our forward half. Um, I think if we can really shut down their run from defence, if we can not allow them to set up that sort of defensive run and overlap and their sort of uncontested handballs, uh, not allow them to switch the play, be on their back the whole time, more than what Geelong did last week, I think we'll win the game and win quite comfortably. Um, So that's my key to winning uh, this week. And the last one, the biggest one of all, is the prediction. Uh, Who's going to win? Raman, I'll start with you. Uh, we'll look at the way I see it. One of two things is going to happen. Uh, we'll we'll come out of the blocks and we'll dominate the entire game and we'll win by ten goals, or we'll do the other thing that I've just been talking about, where we only play 
uh, 60-70% of the game and it turns out being an incredibly close proposition at the end. Um, uh, look, I, I don't know which of those I'm going to predict, but uh, oh, look, I'll go out on a limb and I'll say that uh, we're going to put it all together in this one and, uh, and we'll, we'll smash it. Beautiful. How many points? Uh, 66. Awesome. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> well, look, uh, yeah, I, I've been saying this a lot to everyone. We really owe them a thumping. We never yeah. really have. I think we've beaten them by 10 goals once, and that was a million years ago. They, they, they've thumped ago. us a few times. Uh, forget the fact that we're ahead on the record. I mean, that's great, but uh, they've, they've uh, pulled our pants down and spanked us more than we have them, and I think we can be primed if we, if we, start, to, if we start well. We can be primed to actually uh, to get one back on them. That's it. We've had more wins, but they'd probably be up on percentage. I imagine so, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rick, what's your prediction, mate? I was a bit disappointed there, Macca. When, when I heard uh, one or two things were going to happen, I thought he was going to say, we're either going to win or we're going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the, the logical statement, but it didn't come. But, I'm, uh, I'm not enough of an uh, experienced podcaster to be able to pull off uh, jokes like that, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, seriously, look, I, I'm very confident. Uh, I think we're going to win. I think last year we showed that we win the games that we have to win, and that's continued this year so far in our very short uh, season. Um, I think our defence is very strong and settled. Our midfield depth is a lot stronger than theirs at this point in time. Um, and I, I just think we've got the goods up forward as well. So uh, over the ground, I, I think we're going to... Uh, be the more dominant side. I'm I'm not too concerned about our fade outs. I, I think we're uh, we might have a down patch there for a little bit. Every team does, um, but uh, I'm expecting a, a nice convincing win of uh, 49 points. Beautiful. My prediction: I think we deserve to start favourites. I think we've got the better team on the park. I think we've got more depth. I think we've got more goal scoring options. I think we've got more ability to to win the hard ball in the midfield. But I just think Adelaide is going to be treating this game as the biggest must-win game in their history outside of the two grand finals. As we spoke about a little bit earlier, I think they're going to be treating this as, as I just said, the biggest must-win bloody game of their history. Um, so for that reason, I think they're going to go absolutely hell for leather. I think we are a big chance to win, but I think Adelaide's will just to, to get over the line on this one is going to prove a little bit too costly, and I'm going to pick Adelaide by 10 points. Wow. Mate, you are. <laughs> you are got to be kidding me, right? What is going Is this the Port Adelaide podcast, or are we on the Adelaide podcast? Oh, I don't know. Ah, anymore, right? I don't know. Yeah, I'm, going to make to you ed- I'm going to make you edit, Macca. <laughs> me dead. Honestly. We have a 76-point uh, prediction differential there. Is that a record? Oh, quite possibly. possibly. (laughs) I'm going to squeak my chair in disgust (laughs) of that one. (laughs) Love it. Look, I think we can easily win by 10 goals. Um, If everything goes right, as I say, if we come to play, if we play our own game and we play near the best of our ability, we should win. But I just think Adelaide will be treating this as, you know, a super-duper grand final and they'll get over the line because of it. I agree that that was they'll yeah that it'll it's incredibly important for them. Um, but do they have either the cattle or do they have a coach with the tactical nous to to overcome the uh, the talent differential? 
Um, I don't see them winning without us being really terrible for a significant portion of the game. I think they've got a lot of really good goal-scoring options. I mean, Betts can kick a bag, Johnston, Podsy Adley, Dangerfield can kick a bag. Um, I think a lot of their guns... I mean, we all know about the Crows' injuries and that they are going out undermanned, but they're undermanned through their sort of second and third stringers. All their sort of A-grade players have had big pre-seasons. They're all fit, you know, Dangerfield, Smith... Um, Sloan, Jacobs, you know, these guys have played all the preseason. Rutten, Talia, these guys as well. All except Tex, um, basically. Yeah, all except Tex. He, he, he would be, and Brad Crouch would be the only other one which have had a, a bit of a poor preseason. Yeah. Um, and look, I, I think if their guns come to play, it's going to be a bloody hard game. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, look, I, 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 I like the Crows list uh, more than I like the club. I think, uh, yeah, I've got time for most of their players, actually, but uh, I've. Uh, yeah, I just think uh, in terms of pure talent and even on the goal-scoring uh, side of things, um, if we come to play, I don't think they should be able to get near us. Yep. Well, that's it. Crows by 10 points. I'm going to have to have a shower after this. <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel dirty I, now. I am. I, I'm Rick's almost in tears. <laughs> I am. It's just appalling. You, you're doing the podcast on Sunday night too, so you're just... You're just uh, this is a little insurance policy for you, so at least if we lose, you get to be right. Is that is that what it is? No, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I need to gain a tip somewhere, so if we, uh, uh, if we do lose, I'll gain a tip. Yeah. So, what is the uh, the rest of your tips for the round, Macca? All right, well, let's do that now then. We might as well do that now. Um, obviously, we're halfway through the Richmond-Carlton game at the moment, but I did tip Richmond uh, pre-game. Uh, what about you guys? What was your tip? I was with uh, I was with Carlton until Cruiser was out. I should I should say that I don't go in for tipping competition, so I'm kind of doing this on the fly, uh, asking uh, um, you know who, who I think will and won't win. Yeah, I, I would have thought Cruiser being a laid-out uh, kind of tipped things in Richmond's favour a bit. Yeah, I took uh, Richmond to Macca. All right. No, I didn't. I took Carlton. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're honest. That's good. Yes, I am. That's it. Next game, Essendon versus Hawthorne. This is a huge game. Mm. That's a massive game. Uh, I'm going to tip Essendon to get over the line on that one. Yeah, well... You're going out there tonight, aren't you? Hawthorne's got the, um, uh, the current form on Essendon, but I, I, I thought Essendon was really impressive last week, and... And either Brisbane was really, really impressive or Hawthorne weren't that impressive. And, and going on that form line, I'm going for Essendon to finally have an upset win against the Hawks too. Yep. I'm playing it, playing it safe on that one. I think, um, actually, I like Essendon quite a lot, uh, even in spite of all their uh, um, recent uh, troubles that you, that you may have heard of. Um, Man cheating. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, With yeah, drugs. I, don't see them, I don't see them getting over Hawthorne. <laughs> and cheating, yeah. And cheating, yeah. Uh, now, game of the round, uh, St Kilda versus GWS. Uh, Raman, who do you pick for that one? Um, I think uh, GWS are, will kind of hit a bit of a brick wall here. I think they'll think they're a bit better than they actually are because of that amazing result from last week. Um, and, yeah, I reckon St Kilda will, uh, will uh, get over them in an uh, incredibly boring game. Hmm. Rick? I, don't, I don't reckon it'll be boring at all. I uh, I reckon uh, St Kilda's going to win for the same reasons. I think um, 
interstate sides seem to struggle at um, Eddie added, unless you're in really, really good form. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I think I was talking to someone today, and St Kilda's form line in the pre-season, their game against us showed that they weren't mugs because we were really trying in that game, and they took it right to us. So, um, yeah, I, I think St Kilda will win. I mean, not for much longer. I mean, the the Giants almost awoken, so uh, but not just yet. I'm going to pick St Kilda as well. I think uh, GWS can win, but I just don't think they will. Uh, Frio versus Gold Coast. Uh, I'm going to go Frio. Frio. You kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Left yeah. of centre. Yeah. Uh, Sydney versus Collingwood. Uh, I think Sydney's uh, pretty well going to win that one. Yeah, Sydney. It's a good game, and um, pretty Collingwood have an all right record there, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah but Collingwood's poo, so... Well, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, you expect Sydney to bounce back. Uh, Brisbane versus Geelong. Uh, I'm going to tip Geelong. I'm actually going for Brisbane. I like the argument, but I still think Geelong. Cowards. <laughs> Rick, put some money on that, mate. $3.80. That's a, that's pretty good odds for Brisbane. I actually I did a multi-bet oh. tonight. Good stuff. And uh, I'm, my multi-bet's going to pay about 858 to 1, but... My multi-bet's not looking too good at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> now, Melbourne versus West Coast. Uh, I'm going to tip I'm going to tip Melbourne for that one. Jesus. Really? You don't take this tipping game too seriously, do you? Well, you never know. <laughs> you need no, to I'm make up with... a, lot of, yeah, a lot of games, I think, by the sounds of things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going West Coast. Yeah, West Coast. Yep. And finally, Western Bulldogs versus North Melbourne. Uh, I'm going to go North Melbourne. Yeah, North It'd be incredibly satisfying if the Bulldogs won that game. Uh, Absolutely, but uh, yeah, North. Good stuff. Let's have a quick chat about the uh, the Port versus North um, SANFL trial game. It's the last trial game um, before the season starts next week. Uh, it's tomorrow night at Albert and Oval. It starts at around about six o'clock. Um, what are we wanting to see from that? I want to see some good form from um, some of our senior AFL players. Is is more Actually playing, or is he still out injured? They haven't released the teams. Uh, they're going to do that tomorrow morning. Right, but I mean, I'd, I'd really like to... And you said O'Shea's injured as well, didn't you, Macca? On the threads I today? I think he's carrying something, yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean... I'd, look fit. I'd be hoping for, you know, that that O'Shea-type player, Aaron Young, uh, Benny Newton. Um, and I sort of glossed over Brendan Archie last week, but I thought Brendan played a reasonably serviceable game uh, for being primarily stuck in the forward line. So, you know, I really want to see our um, our fringe AFL players really um, stand up and start dominating the SANFL uh, uh, level to show that they can really push their claims for AFL selection. Yep. Yeah. Raman? Yeah, uh, you guys kind of sprung this one on me, actually, because uh, <laughs> as we said when we were introducing ourselves at the beginning, I didn't even realise this game was taking place. I thought uh, I had my eyes firmly on uh, the parade on, uh, on uh, next Thursday night. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I guess as far as I'd, I'd want to see, um, when you say that O'Shea's carrying something, he, do you mean to the extent that he won't play, or uh, he's just not 100 percent, but he will play, or what? He just doesn't look 100 percent. I don't know. He's 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 not running as hard as he was last mm. year. His skills are just terrible. He's not getting through the ball too much. I don't know. I, I think uh, Timmy Ginevar said on the radio a few weeks ago that. He is carrying a bit of a groin injury, right? Um, and I think it, it's looking a little bit obvious that he is, sort of thing. 
Right, yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm and a, I'm I think a, that's why he hasn't played at AFL level yet. Yeah, I'm a huge fan, and I would absolutely love to see him uh, just absolutely smash it in the SNFL and get back into the side as soon as that opportunity comes along. So that's what I would like to see from this game, if he actually plays. That's it. I'd love to see uh, Andrew Moore out there, because uh, he's sort of gone off the face off the of the radar. Yeah. yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him out there, hopefully. He'll be there. Can I ask one question? Before oh, we go, you before can. you, before you, you shut, shut it off, I just want to know, um, what's the deal with um, car parking and public transport this this weekend? Has anyone read up on it? Is U-Park's got a deal for port supporters or for footy supporters in general? And I believe um, the buses and trains are free if you've got a ticket. Is that right? Are you taking the piss in this and this is just like a buses <laughs> joke or...? No, no, <laughs> it does seem like I'm going that way. What about the buses? But I was t- I'm, I'm taking a Crow supporter to the game and a few others, and, and one of them told me that a, uh, a ticket to the game gets you a free ride on the buses, and I was wondering if that extends to the trains as well for our port-following uh, friends. And then I heard there's a deal with U-Park. Have you guys heard of that? There is a deal with U-Park. Yes with a, a number of the U-Parks in the city. Um, so of them? I don't know what the details are. I just know that there is a deal with U-Park. Oh. Um, it there, there's an article checking... about it on the, on yeah. the website. Um, yeah, definitely check the website on that one. And, and that's a yes on the public transport. I, I forget what the exact parameters are, but for like a few hours before the game and a couple of hours after the game, uh, then uh, yeah, game day tickets uh, certainly will get you free rides on both the buses and trains. All right, so it's worth any of the listeners that haven't, like me that don't know all the details, probably to go on the website and have a look and, and see what they might be able to take advantage of. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. That might be now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Raman, thanks for coming on, mate. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Fishing Rick, as always, buddy. Yeah, it's been great. Has been great. Go the power. Come on, Paul. Go the power. You can't cheer, Macca, tipping the crows. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> Gun the pet. The heat's on in the kitchen. Oh, look at this. Simple. Good attack from Galapati Carlo. He left his man. He took them on. He gets the lines. Oh, baby! The finest of lines.